Well, let's talk about uh, a fascinating part of uh, American history. As far back as 1840, there were people that reported seeing a, a bright glowing cross on a mountain in Colorado. The challenge is that the people that saw it couldn't locate on a map where it was that they did see it. But this giant cross was seen by a number of people. In fact, the Geographic Society put together a 75000 grant to send an expedition into the mountains of Colorado to try to locate what it was that people were seeing. Unfortunately, the Civil War began, and so the search at that point was stopped. But that's not the end of this story about this cross that was seen on a mountain somewhere in Colorado. You know, we talk about it, as Tony Robbins shares, we, we talk about the difference here of motivation and inspiration. And, and they're both very important. You know, motivation, what is your motive for action? And, and that's important every day, but motivation is kind of a, a daily thing that doesn't last so long. But inspiration is something that triggers something already inside of you something already exists in your heart and so what i encourage with the things we share from biblical stories to historical stories people overcoming great odds is that it will inspire something in you to trigger something that already exists in you to draw something out so that you have a different standard of living and so you look at somebody's story and say you know god did that for them you know he can do that same thing for for me for you Give me an example here. Arnold Schwarzenegger, youngest Mr. Universe. He went on to win that an incredible four times, you know, incredible bodybuilding record. Of course, he went on to have success in other arenas, but at 20, he won Mr. Universe. And that was kind of the beginning of, of his success. And he shared about how come he's had that success in life. And he shared the majority of people don't know where they are going. I knew where I was going. And so in our life, hopefully in our own understanding of our calling in Christ, we all say, I know the direction he's calling me. It's not always 100% clear day to day, but that we can say he's that true north for me and that he's given me a specific purpose and you a specific purpose and different purposes and several purposes, but that we live in that taking action to move towards that goal and that calling, to have that expanded love, that giving in our relationships, that spiritual light that shines. You know, J.K. Rowling, she got married, moved out of England, got divorced, moved back to England, single mom on welfare. She shared she was uh, so shy she couldn't even ask somebody to borrow a pencil when she was on the train as she was conceiving the story in her mind and she'd have to remember what she thought of on the train when she got home and she'd write that down. Of course, she would write the Harry Potter series, but at the beginning, they didn't think it was gonna be successful. They only made a thousand copies and those copies now are worth a, a lot of money from that original thousand copies. But JK Rowling from a single mom on welfare became the first billionaire author in history. So again, anything can happen. It's again, we stop and say, let me understand Maybe most people don't know where they're going, but uh, we want to be those that understand our purpose in life. It's not going to be the same for everybody, but that we're moving towards that. Or if we're not, something will inspire us from what we talk about here today to draw forth that action we need to take. We often quote Proverbs 18.21, the power of life and death are in the tongue. 
So the words we speak, the prayers we declare, the things that we speak from Scripture that are prophetic and we talk about and what comes out of our thinking, out of our, out of our own speaking is words of life. You know, we live in a culture, so many people find something negative or say things negative or declare things negative. We take that literal, the power of life and death, it's in the tongue. Do I speak life over my Marys, do I speak life over the people in my life? Do I speak life over my community, my country, my own faith? Those people going back to that search there, this started in 1840. Think about this. They're hearing there's a story about a glowing cross on a mountain. The whole country's now listening to these stories, reading these stories, and they're searching. And they go into the Civil War, the darkness, all of that pain. You're going to see they come out of that, and now people are even searching even more. And we need to understand that the, a lot of people, and maybe some listening today or here today, are thinking that same thing. You know, I'm not sure where I'm going. And something here today that we talk about will trigger a different life for you and me to inspire something inside to say, I'm going to live differently. Someone once said, it's all we, It always seems impossible until it's done. I'll give you some examples of that here today. Let me read something here from David Dykes. Love what he had to say here. He says, have you ever felt that funny feeling when you leave home that you forgot something? You don't know what it was, but it's just a nagging feeling. A friend shared every time his family drove for vacation, his mom would say, honey, we have to go back home. I think I left the iron turned on. I don't want the house to burn down. And his dad would turn around and they'd go back and check and the iron would be turned off. This continued for several trips. Finally, on one trip, when she told her husband, turn around and go check, he didn't say a word. He pulled the car over, got out, opened the trunk and handed her the iron. Millions of people are searching for something they can't even put their finger on. In 1987, Bono of the Irish rock group U2 recorded a song about this universal search. He sang, I have run, I have crawled. I've scaled these city walls only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You broke the bonds. You loosed the chains, carried the cross of my shame. You know I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Bono's real name is Paul David Hewson. He wears sunglasses indoors because he suffers from a glaucoma. And he, over the past few years, has become much more vocal about his faith in Jesus. He granted an interview to focus on the family a couple years ago, and he made it clear he has now found what he's looking for, a relationship with Jesus. And listen to his statement here. During the interview, he said, Who is Christ is the defining question for a person. Who is Christ? From that place of what we answer, may it drive us to the decide things different, to do things different, to confess things different. You know, back in 1889, Heinrich Hoffman painted the rich young ruler. And we all know the story. The, the rich young ruler says to Jesus, what commandments do I follow? And Jesus repeats the commandments. And he says, I've done all that. And Jesus says, one more thing, give your wealth away to the poor and follow me. And so here in the painting, you know, Heinrich Hoffman, he's got Jesus here pointing at some people there, 
that are in the background and, and you can tell the, their clothing's ragged so they're poor and he's pointing to them. And there in front of him is that rich young ruler dressed in his robe and his crown and there's the decision point, you know, does he give it all up and follow Jesus? And we all ponder that decision, you know, do we follow him, find what we're really looking for? Or like so many, we get caught up in distractions and so many things. You know, Paul in Romans seven eighteen says, to be carnally minded, we could say soul-minded, is death. To be soul-minded is death, soulish, to be selfish, to put self before all others, to only think about what I can get, what I can gain, what I can stop others from receiving, to be soulish-minded leads to death. So power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And when we're grounded in Christ, when a whole different light comes into our life. You know, you come out of the Civil War, there's a gentleman, William Henry Jackson, that's now 1873. His search for that cross, people said they saw, became an obsession. So he's going to take a team into the mountains of Colorado and He's a, he's a famous painter, but he's also now become a photographer. He's going to go into the mountain with his team to try to find what people are saying that they've seen. And if he finds it, he wants to get a photograph of it to bring it back to other people so they can all see it as well. Again, think about the darkness of the Civil War. And now they've come out of that. And even more now, there's the search for this cross on this mountain. You know, when King Solomon dedicates the temple in first kings eight he says not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave when we talk about life and death or in the power of the tongue that's speaking life to say listen maybe you haven't found what you're looking for but let me tell you about god the one who never fails in the promises that he gave if you trust in him and allow him to transform your thinking, he'll transform your life, everything in your life. So 1873, William Henry Jackson leads this expedition into the mountains, and he does. He finds what it is that people have said they've been seeing. He finds this glowing cross on a mountain, the sun hitting it just right. And the expedition team with him said at that moment... I'll read the moment here from his own words, but they said at that moment, there was a rainbow in the sky. Now, the camera equipment back in the 1800s was complicated, took time to set up, so there was no way he could get a, a photograph at that moment. So what they're going to do is they're going to camp out, and the weather's bad, and he's hoping to capture an image the next morning. But here's what he had to say when he saw the cross. I emerged above the timberline in the clouds. I discovered the great shining cross just before me. The marvelous mountain on which nature had drawn with mighty lines of snow the symbol of the Christian world. You know, Matthew Kelly said, who you become is infinitely more important than what you do or have. It's in the process of growing in life. 
to not only be inspired by others, but to be an inspiration. Because there's countless people that are not sure what it is they're even looking for. But when a, a life is grounded in Christ, in the way, the truth, and the life, and, and that joy unspeakable flows from inside and God is glorified as other people see that in our life, you know, then it is where we say, listen, it's who I'm becoming in the process. It's not reaching the goal that brings that ultimate fulfillment. It's the transformation of who we are, becoming stronger, expanding, growing, giving. I'll give you an amazing example of that here. You know, Pat Riley, one of the most beloved coaches in basketball. If you go back to 2006, he hadn't won a championship in, you know, 17 years. And he gets called to be the coach of the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat reaches the finals against the Dallas Mavericks. And just a, a great summary Tony Robbins did on this. What happened is they go into the finals and Dallas wins the first two games against the Miami Heat. In fact, the Heat has not won a game in Dallas in years. And so the team's defeated. You know, it's the best out of seven. They're down the first two games. Here's the worst statistic. Only two teams ever came back after losing those first two games to, to win. So nobody has done this, but two teams in the past come back. And here's a team who's not won in Dallas. And, and so they're defeated. So Pat Riley has to find a way to inspire, to draw something out of these men so they have confidence and courage to go back on the court and win. What happens is they win the third game. They fly back to Miami, but all the news is saying, you know, this game is going to go to the Dallas Mavericks and doesn't look good for the Heat. And what happens is they win the next two games. Nobody can believe it. So now they're ahead three to two. If they win one more game, they win the finals. People don't think they can do that because the next two games are going to be in Dallas. And, and they know the chance of winning there is slim. And so Pat Riley has to decide, how do you inspire these men? They're, they're essentially just intimidated. Got to go back to Dallas. There's only two games left. What he did is he gathered the team together and he said, listen, you're up three to two. You've already done what nobody thought you could do. Here's the reality. We're going back to Dallas, and you have two games left. You win one of those two games, you get the championship. But he said, I'm not giving you two games to win. We're going to win one game, and we're going to be the champs. And here's what he did. He said, here's how confident I am we're going to win. Only pack one suit because we're not staying two days. I'm not getting you a hotel room for two nights. I'm not getting you a plane ticket from two days from now. We're going to go in and win. You'll have your clean suit. We're going home. In fact, if you show up with two suits at the airport, I'll send you home. And he wasn't joking. In fact, he stopped one person that tried to get on with two suits and sent them away. Then they get to Dallas. Everybody has one suit. Game's getting ready to start. They're in the locker room, and Pat Riley, again, he wants to inspire them to another level, so he walks in. Complete silence there in the locker room. 
He reads them the speech from the, the last words of Martin Luther King Jr. that says this. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. Like anybody, I'd like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And I'm so happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And he led the team on to the courts. Breaking history records. They won the championship there in Dallas. Because one person got the certainty in his heart to inspire and draw out of a whole team what he knew was already inside of them that they had forgotten. When they had that courage, that inspiration, that confidence, they walked out on that field and they changed history as far as basketball. A lot of people don't know where they're going. When we can stop and say, listen, I know the purpose for which I am called. I'm called to represent Christ in my marriage, in my job, in my giving, in my life. All things change. So back on that mountain, William Henry Jackson would take a photograph. You can find it online, find it on our page. It's known as the most famous image ever made of an American mountain. The mountain of the Holy Cross, Colorado. What he captured in that image, as you can see, there's the mountain. And they're carved out in the mountain. And those valleys now filled with snow in the picture, they form a perfect cross. You can't see it anymore today. Earthquakes have changed the face of the mountain, but this picture would go on to be one of the most beloved in American history. One was given to the president or the White House. It was made into a postage stamp. The picture hangs in the Vatican. It's not the end though. The picture itself became so beloved that another gentleman painted that same image and added some to the scene that man was thomas moran in 1890 painted the mountain of the holy cross painted there the mountain and the snow-carved cross became one of the most beloved paintings in history but that's not the end of that story thomas moran his entire estate burned down except for one thing survived the fire that painting. That painting was eventually then purchased by Gene Autry, the singing cowboy. He put it in a museum. Many people testified to, to going to the mountain to pray, receiving you know a miracle healing. People at the time said, you know, it was evidence of God's blessing on us as a people, a light shining in, in the darkness. 
inspired people to live their lives at a different level and return to their faith in God. I love this quote here. Lawrence Peter said, don't believe in miracles. Depend on them. So whether it's the beauty of a cross carved in a mountain, a story of somebody overcoming great odds, or just simply the quietness of your own heart in a time of worship, where you hear that still small voice speaking into your life, and you start to just say, listen, it always seems impossible until it's done. What the world needs today is more and more people to stand up and say, listen, I have been to a mountain. I have been to a holy place. And there on that mountain, there's a cross on which my Savior died. Three days later, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, rising victoriously. And now the promise is, greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. The power of life and death are in the tongue. Let's begin to confess and speak life over ourselves, over others, pointing them to the mountain, Calvary, Or the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last. Where Jesus died and rose again. That author and finisher of our faith whose name be glorified now and forevermore.